What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 80. This is the September 2022 edition, and we are sitting down this morning with Inside Sales Manager Nicole Greenberg, PCC President Rob Roach, VP of Sales and Marketing AJ Petrarca, and Latin American Operations Manager Javier Fernandez. Morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You guys are in a new order over here. It almost screwed me up. <laughs> Yeah. I know. I'm surprised <laughs> you go. still ran through that like a champ. Yeah, yeah. We had Rob in a t-shirt. What did Ryan say? You were in a comforter today? Uh, yeah, an oversized comforter. <laughs> Afghan. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting hot just sitting next door. It's oh, like, I was gonna yeah. say. I, full disclosure, it's super light. You know, you gotta. Doesn't it, look light. It, oh, it absolutely <laughs> is. I mean, you could try it on later if you want. No, good. Appreciate appreciate the offer. Convincing me that that's light. That, it's like. No, it is. It is. Trust me. You gotta it's only September. Weather. You jump at the gun a little bit. September sweater weather. Uh, soup weather, sweater weather, <laughs> soup, soup. I sweater it was weather, pants that's... weather. No, we're all wearing pants. Oh, you're in pants. Oh, you're still in shorts. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm still wearing shorts. I'm in flip flops still. <laughs> I'm holding on to the summer. I don't want to let it go. <laughs> we're a total conundrum here. <laughs> we're all out of sorts. No. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, it was chilly last night. You got your Christmas lights up. Oh God! <laughs> didn't, you mean, didn't they you must have your my, my uh, Halloween stuff out? No, God, no, no. Uh, trust the me, the menorah's that... not up. Didn't the Christmas lights stay up? Did they ever come down? Unfortunately, they did come down. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, I was not happy about that. <laughs> did you take it... yours down? Yours were up for a little while. Mine are still up. Yeah? I, oh, so I, you're ready uh, to go. It, t- it, t- it took a long time to get them that way, <laughs> I so I just say... they're not plugged in. And, and they're ready to go for this year. They're in perfect line. Then a little piece of me died inside when I drove up, and Ryan's like, "Oh, I took the Christmas lights down." I was like. Why would you do that? It took me so long yeah. <laughs> and so much. And I was just like, man. Well, you guys were gone all weekend for the bachelorette party. I, I had a Christmas candle going. I'm not going to lie. You did? Oh, yeah. The pine scented candles is the best thing. What? Abby gets so mad at it. I was going to say, <laughs> I know your wedding's two weeks away, but like. I like look, at you, like look at you a lot differently now that I know that you burn a Christmas scented candle oh. when you're by yourself. I would, I would, I would, no, I would, I would do it. I would do it year round, but Abby, Abby's, Abby's opposed. Abby's opposed. Oh, uh, Anyways, <laughs> on that note, how's everything going? Good. No complaints. Well. No complaints. No complaints. Been a been an interesting couple of weeks. I think had a lot of seems like we're having a lot of the same conversations with a lot of people stuff. Tough to get a feel for what's going on. I think stuff seems like it's a little bit slow, but then people say that they're still producing just as much. So we've kind of heard that term like right sizing inventories a little bit. People bringing inventories not so much to like quote unquote just in time delivery times, but also not COVID era where people are buying whatever they can get their hands on. So in general, it seems like people are still producing. Demand is still strong, just maybe not not buying as many raw materials to keep as much on the floor. Is I think kind of the gist we've gotten. Talk on USA, I assume. Yeah. 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 I would say that sounds about right. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's about right. Yeah. I sort of yeah, can't yeah. make sense of it because, like, you talk to some producers and their tanks are full and they're ready to shut down, but then customers and users are, you know, still running and gunning and can't keep up with the orders. So it's like something. There's a disconnect. I think it's inventory, high inventories has a lot to do with that, but it's uh, I don't know, tough to make sense of at the moment. Yeah, from a producer perspective, they're saying that there's demand for lower prices, and yet, you know, it. The raw material costs are still the same, so uh, shipping costs are still the same uh, for the most part from the last couple months, and uh, and thank God we averted a rail strike. So you know, sort of getting ahead of ourselves here, but that could have been a disaster. Very much so. And you mentioned, you know, I asked that question. You obviously said U.S. first, so it seems like we're seeing a lot of regionality, different things happening in the U.S. versus Europe versus Asia, which has been kind of interesting to 
wrap our head around and understand what's going on in different places. I think that uh, the only reason that I remain bullish about America is because some of the bills that have passed, you know, there's a lot of infrastructure that's going to be happening soon. There's the chip, you know, um, projects that are going on. You know, we're, we're well into making our own chips. Um, there's been a lot of boost from, you know, government bills and programs. Um, and we're just coming out of uh, a full throttle couple of years and there's going to be a bit of a hangover so that's where we're at right now because uh not only was demand the strongest probably we've ever seen in in our lifetimes but the supply chain was as broken as we've ever seen in our lifetime and now there's a bit of correction on both you know and uh demand is definitely weaker and the supply chain has been corrected there's been no hurricanes that have hit the gulf thank God, and, and no real uh, breakdown in the supply chain here in the U United States. But just in Not the long. last, yeah, <laughs> just in the last couple of weeks, we've seen just a tidal wave of offers from Asia, uh, very low priced, very competitive, very, you know, but it's still eight weeks out. Right. It, you know, so uh, my advice is you're still going to see some correction on domestic pricing here, you know, based on uh, slightly lower gas and much lower oil and much much lower demand seems like stuff's picked up maybe a little bit this week like i know we had some plasticizer tote orders this week that had happened a little while and well and it's funny because i know we always talk about having safety stock on the floor just for you know the rainy day situations and there were a couple of a handful of scenarios where that happened this week and um i think it's really important to make sure that you know you're taking care of yourself in that aspect because sometimes i mean the packaged plasticizers are easy to, you know, freight-wise um, typically get somewhere, but, you know, the, you don't want to get in a shutdown situation. So, you know, just always erring on the side of caution. And even beyond just plasticizers, like if you usually buy bulk of products, you know, having totes and drums on the floor, if you usually use super sacks, having some 25 kg bags just to keep the plant running if needed. So exactly. we'll still see a lot of that. Yeah. So, but it was interesting that there were so many instances of that today. I mean, today, this past week, yep. where, um, you know, we historically we were seeing it, you know, people were automatically stocking up uh, for safety on the floor. And yeah. it's like they almost forgot about that because they were everything was going so smooth. So I think it kind of was that reality check, like anything can happen. Yeah. I wonder if it had to do with the impending rail strike, like people trying to, you know, build up inventories in, you know, anticipation of trucking getting crazy, which luckily it didn't happen, but All right. it could but, have been some of that. Uh, yeah. Well, and like you said, though, you never know. It could be a situation where that happens and you don't have control over it. So everyone else has probably thinking in the same mindset that you are. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know one, one customer told me that they had bought, you know, they usually buy X product in rail and they had put in orders for trucks because they'd rather get in line and then cancel that truck order than try to get in line after the fact, mm -hmm. which, yep. which is, I mean, smart for them. Obviously it's not great for suppliers. They obviously don't want you to be canceling orders like that, but yeah, people are, we're putting contingency plans in and I'm sure still are since I don't know if it's a hundred percent averted or not, but yep. something to watch. I've also seen in bulk on the bulk side, people saying, no, we're not going to buy. And then the, orders come in yeah you know so <laughs> yep. you know there's uh and, and and then we've also seen some of our contract customers be a little bit abusive you know say oh well we're gonna wait a couple months because we see you know and that's short-sighted you know so um it's uh it, you know it's a pendulum that swings on the buying and the selling side of of who can be abusive or not sometimes and that that's happened recently a few times which is discouraging yep 
Yeah, the other thing that I guess worth keeping in mind for this time of year too is there's I'm sure plenty of companies that are on the calendar year, so they may want lower raw material inventories on the floor, you know, coming into December. Um, so yeah, we've been saying that for a long time. The yep. fourth quarter is going to be yep. it's going to be interesting, which which w- would mean a first quarter that's robust. Mm-hmm. Not even just the first quarter, maybe right right in January, people wanted to bring inventories right back theoretically. So it'd be interesting. Yeah. Maybe the first half, you know, uh, but there's still all the speculation of a recession coming, you know, early 2023 or something like that. I, you know, I just don't see it uh, personally. Yeah. Um, AJ mentioned the rail strike briefly. So today is September 16th, which was the I guess, deadline for a deal to get done. Sounds like there's at least a tentative deal. I know we'll have uh, our logistics company on here in a little bit to talk about kind of more in depth on what's going on with that rail strike, but obviously something that would have... Uh, Massive implications if it if it didn't in fact happen, um, and it sounds like we're not necessarily out of the water yet. So it'd be interesting to keep an eye on that, and hopefully not have that come into play because could have major implications. I think it's done. So I think they I think it's averted. I didn't hear that it's still pending, but yeah, I don't know if it was like a like an absolute deal or if they were just like they they made something happen to to avoid the deadline today. Like a thirty day, something about a thirty day, but I think, yeah. I think we're I think we're well on our way of averting that disaster. But tentative deal to avoid strike. Okay, so it's not going to go on strike today, which is the good news. That is that is great news. It's like one of those things where it's like too big of a deal that they can't let it happen, right? right. Like the government stepping in and saying that they can't. It can't. Well, it would affect everything from rail to even like Amtrak. Mm, I everything. mean that that is just wild. The level of you know reach that that has. Like like Ben, you sent the article earlier this week that showed the amount of trucks that would be needed to cover yeah, the rail demand. Four hundred and seventy thousand trucks a day, <laughs> extra or something yeah, like that. Like it's just not it's not feasible. Like no. the country will shut down. Right. You know, right. it's one of those industries that's not exactly like sexy or exciting, but like it's the backbone of so much of what we do. Not just chemicals, but moving everything around, food, goods, people. Uh-huh. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy how big of a deal it is that you know people I think don't give it credit for. I don't see it on your list, Ben, but the uh, there was a recent ruling that kept tariffs in place, and you know, a lot of people were talking about you know the China tariffs being removed. I mean, what a disaster that would be if the ch- tariffs were removed in a market or, or on a distribution level where all of our inventories are deflating in value, yep. and then you inject a massive amount of low cost. It's a twenty-five, be a twenty-five percent, twenty-five percent discount. Yeah. Yep, that would be a disaster, and uh, so you know, another crisis averted, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like they're at least here to stay for the short term. I know one of the things we talked about in our most recent meeting was the exclusions. I know some mm-hmm. products, especially some big products for us, are currently excluded. But right. beginning of this year, the exclusion took whatever four or five months to be put back into place. So I don't know if you've heard anything about that for next year yet, or we're still kind of waiting and hearing on. No, I haven't heard anything about it for for next year. I don't think we will until until right. it happens. Yeah. yeah. So even even this year, we didn't know you know anything about it until they reinstated it. Right? It was like, like April or May or something, right? Like it took a good good while before the exclusion went back into place. Yeah, I think you're right. I think April or May timeframe is when it went back into into effect. Another uh, good uh, piece of productivity from the U.S. government getting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, those exclusions. Those exclusions are there for a reason, and hopefully they just, you know, they keep on renewing the exclusions at least, you know, because that's, uh, you know, those are have been proven that there's a reason for them, right? So yeah, or even if not, at least say ahead of time that it's not, so you can plan ahead. I mean, whatever the answer is, is, is fine, but we got to plan for something. Exactly. So, 
um, kind of news around the industry. We've started to hear some big chemical companies, you know, talking about their Q3 expectations. Obviously, I think beginning of Q3, things were much more bullish and maybe has been, you know, a lot of these companies are feeling the effects of some of these slowdowns. I think Eastman lowered Q3 production projections by 19, 20% and uh, other companies are kind of hinting at the same. So not, won't be surprised, I think, to see, uh, you know, returns and expectations down for Q3, Q4 between, you know, demand coming off a little bit and then seeing what happens with energy prices, especially companies that produce things in Europe. Be interesting to see what happens here in the next couple, couple months. Yeah, these are global companies, so uh, it's 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 not just uh, USA. It's you know, as you mentioned, Europe and, and and Asia as well. There's been vast investments in Asia, and Asia has gone quiet, and Europe has a, a war and uh, you know infrastructure that's not no longer supporting their uh, gas and oil. So yep. in many locations, so yeah, it's you know Dow Eastman. Those are two big names that are going to certainly be Im- impacted. Yep. Yeah, and, and I guess think about energy prices, that's been a big big thing, you know, both in the U.S. and especially in Europe. Um, I know, Rob, you mentioned a little bit earlier that, you know, oil and gas, obviously gas is at extremely high levels based on historical levels, but has come off a little bit and, mm. and crude's come down a bit too. Um, you know, obviously think about the U.S. I think someone said that nat gas in Europe is like 10x whatever the U.S. is currently trading at, which is a mind-boggling number. Wow. Yeah, um, that'd be $85 per MMBTU. Yeah, I mean, we're we're sitting at 850 which I remember in 2009, 2010-ish, maybe it was 2011, 12, when it went to 9, 10, 11, 12 dollars, people were panicking. Yeah. And we're sitting here at 850 and you're not really hearing much about it. There is uh, some of the most respected energy pundits are, are saying, Look for a hundred and twenty dollar a barrel oil and higher, you know, twelve, thirteen per MMBTU gas. We haven't really had a cold snap yet. I mean, it was cool this morning. Um, <laughs> it wasn't. It was cool, but it wasn't cold. Right. right. Well, yeah. you're from Exeter, which is probably cooler in Exeter, <laughs> no, but it was well, up in Jamestown. I mean, yeah, you're it's cool 40, still. You're 48, right on the water maybe here. forty-eight here this morning, which was beautiful out. Um, but um, what's the the ocean's still what 75, 74 it was right now? Sixty. Yeah, 65, 68, you know, the other day. It was still still pretty warm, yeah. Very nice time to go for a swim. But, um, you know, when it does turn colder, propane, you know, has been certainly tracking up. Propylene values are increasing. Um, So, you know, we we have found a home in $80 to $90 a barrel WTI in the $8-ish to $9-ish range for MMBTU gas. I don't know if it'll stay there. Um, A lot of... People believe it will not. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like one of the big questions is what will happen, obviously, once it gets cold and people are using that gas to heat their homes between here and in Europe. So it'd be interesting to think, especially in Europe with so much chemical production there, once people need to also heat their homes, it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of concern coming into the winter months now, uh, especially that the Nord Stream pipeline is completely zero. Yep. So, yep. Something to keep a, keep a close eye on. How do you concur? Yes. <laughs> what uh? What, what what's going on today, Javi? How how are we, how are we doing over there? Very good. Very good? good. Yeah. Very good. I was just in Mexico not too long ago, and uh, plants are the stocks are full, tanks are full. That's a little bit concerning. So we we see a little bit of what we see in the U.S. Uh, they just said they tell me, <clears throat> call me just for a reference, so I have it on my books. But I'm gonna, I'm not gonna buy this month. I'm like, wow, that's a shocking, you know. Yeah. So that we've seen a lot of that, and we're shifting our, our 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 buying. You know, we were 
relying on India, Europe. Now we're looking more at Taiwan, Korea, Asia to, to compete in Latin America. So we see we see a little of that because for the U.S. it's not competitive at the moment. Based on like FOB pricing or freight or both? Both, both, yeah. a little bit of both. So yeah, we're shifting. We're, so we have good connections. We're a global company. Uh, yep. So we have an office in Nanjing. We have we have good partners in Taiwan, in Korea, India, Turkey. So we, 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 we're covering all the bases. And Europe is our good partner. Yep. So so we, we're covering most of yeah, You just said about the Latin American coding show? No, that was like a couple of months ago. No, I was just going to see customers. Okay. Just visits. And then you're planning on the K-Show? Planning, planning the K-Show. Yeah, that, that should be good. And then, and then we're all coming to Apple and... Apple and Cancun. <laughs> Everyone wants to go. Yeah. That should be good. Yeah. You guys are welcome. I think we have it on, on recording that Rob said that's okay. So Yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> I got to book travel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> brush, up, brush up on my Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but things are still moving. You know, things are the demand still strong. Uh, inflation is a problem, but uh, but things are still moving. But just uh, there's a little bit slow in demand, uh, but things still still moving. So they're saying that they're they're also slow. Like it's not like they're yeah. bringing inventories down. They're yeah. just the demand's been a little bit slow. A little bit slow. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and we talked about so you talked about Asia a little bit. Obviously, the importance there of of it being a important supply partner for us. Um, Sounds like there was a, a typhoon that hits, I think it's hitting China as we speak, which uh, will impact certainly, especially shipping availability. I'll let AJ pronounce the typhoon name. Oh, uh, <laughs> Muifa? Muifa? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, mm. that's what you heard, right, George? You listen to that video? M-U-I-F-A. M-U-I-F-A. Muifa. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think it hit uh, the Shanghai area a couple of days ago and they evacuated the port. So it's going to cause some shipping delays and things like that. But, you know, China seems to have been real slow prior to that. So I don't affect and i don't expect any big effects in supply chain but yep. it's just something to something to keep an eye on it's typhoon season there so you know like we pay attention to hurricane season here it's you know they got the similar thing happening on their you know that side of the world yeah i mean there's nothing else really going on so why not throw a typhoon in the mix just for um awesome i think there's a lot going on anything that we didn't we didn't talk about in there i think that kind of <laughs> kind of covers it's it good yeah i think you covered most of it um, I know we talked about the rail strike a little bit. We are uh, we are lucky to have Jamie coming on from the logistics company. He, uh, amongst many of his duties, closely kind of manages and, and works with a lot of their rail fleets and, and what's going on the rail line. So I'm sure he'll have a good uh, update on what's going on with that rail strike. So we will give it over to TLC. Morning, Jamie. How you doing today? Morning, Ben. Not too bad. How about yourself? Doing very well. Doing very well. I think last time we talked to you, you were fresh back from... Uh, back from Hawaii. Yeah. So you're yeah. Fully, fully back immersed in the in the day to day. Definitely. Definitely. You, the beauty of logistics these days. Yeah. <laughs> how's that, how's everything going? Not too bad. I mean, there's been, you know, a lot of stories out there and a lot of things happening in the logistics environment recently, but yeah. overall it's you know, there's still plenty to do, plenty to work on. Seems like in general we've seen, you know, especially on like the trucking side, capacity improving maybe a little bit. It's been a little bit easier to book trucks here in the last couple couple weeks. Yeah, we we've definitely seen some capacity opening up, uh, especially for, you know, the short notice pickups in like the northeast, mm -hmm. liquid bulk. You know, we've gotten some I I know, saw some 
one day notice pickups that were getting done, which nice going back a few months ago wouldn't happen. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, and I know the the slight improvements in trucking has uh, almost been negated by a potential rail strike. So I know I'm sure you managing a lot of the rail movements for TLC, something you've kept a close eye on, and I'm sure I've had ample questions on uh, both internally and externally over the past week or so. Um, so today, I guess since it's a sort of important part of it, so today's the 16th, which was the original, I guess, due date to come to an agreement on averting a rail strike, and it sounds like that's happened. Um, but what's kind of the latest with the with the potential strike? Yeah, so uh, today was the technically the second deadline. Um, this has been something that you know has been de- developing really all summer. Yep. Uh, they worked on it, you know, going back to like June, end of June, I think, was the initial deadline. Um, but with some mediation from the government, they got through and, you know, into this secondary deadline uh, with some recommendations from a, you know, executive committee board, um, which as of right now, it looks like a deal has tentatively been reached with 11 of the 12 unions okay. uh, that represent the rail workers in question. Um, the 12th is considerably smaller than the others it's 4,000 members or so 4,000 5,000 okay somewhere there um so it's really not of that great concern not when you know out of 150,000 workers yeah right yeah um but as of right now you know we're just waiting on ratification votes from the other 11 and as long as everyone votes yes hopefully they do seems like a reasonable deal and this oh, is a yeah. potential strike from the various, the, I guess you said, 12 unions that represent the those that actually work on, you know, the railroads nationwide and the, and yeah, the railroads, obviously. It's primarily, you know, train drivers, engineers, that type. So, you know, we were, we were really looking at something that could have been a drastic situation yeah. for the entire country, really, and really affect the global economy as a whole. Yeah, I know you're sending around some good info on, you know, what it actually meant and that there was some crazy number like if, if the rail strike happened you'd need like 470,000 trucks a day or something or to yep. move all that freight which is obviously impossible um so it's 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 crazy to think how big of a deal that is and would have been and how big of a industry the rail is to you know in the u.s yeah i mean that would have the estimation i think is that it would have cost the u.s economy two billion dollars a day and it as you said it, it would have needed 500,000 450,000 more trucks per day yep. than we have right now. So that's... Meanwhile, you can't get enough trucks today. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Count the railroads out. Meanwhile, yeah, most places were sh- still struggling to move stuff yeah. by truck. Um, but, I mean, we are seeing capacity open up on that. And it just, you know, brings back to mind for people, you know, with your supply chain and things like that, just how you have to be prepared for anything to happen. I mean, because really the the real issue with the rail strike would have been the ripple effect sure. onto the other industries. Because yeah. you, you don't realize that like your LTL shipments are even impacted, your yeah. food, all of that. So. Yep. Yep. I know I, I had customers that typically buy stuff in rail that were placing truckload orders just to have it in the queue in case that did happen, just so they're at least in line versus trying to scramble after the fact. So it's uh, good that it was averted. seems like hopefully that there's there's positive news there and that those discussions continue and get signed and there's no no future issues with that. Yeah, I mean, that's really all we can hope for is that all the members just vote yes and yeah. we can move on. Yeah, we talked about a little bit earlier. It's it's one of those industries that's not exactly 
super exciting or, or sexy, but it's it's an important part of the, the backbone of the U.S., you know, not just with chemicals, obviously, which is the big focus on TCC, but moving great food, people. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing how much of a... Uh, a priority that still is in the, in the economy and would have played a would have been drastic if that you know went out even yeah. for a couple of days yeah even a few days would have been terrible yeah. but but two good signs i guess you know trucking trucking capacity improving a little bit and then the rail strike being averted hopefully leading to some some positive signs more or less in the in the kind of general logistics industry yeah i mean it's definitely positive for logistics uh, trucking, you know, loosening up a little bit does indicate that, you know, things are slowing down with the economy as a sure, whole. Sure. Um, we're, you know, we're seeing that with the repackaging and with the warehouses in general that it seems like most inventories are high. So that would indicate that as well. Yeah, we've seen some warehouses stopping taking in new material because they said they were full or near capacity. You know, people pushing out orders or holding on inventory and not, not producing as much, which is first time I've seen that. Not that I've done this forever, but it was certainly, a, I think, a unique thing seeing warehouses to the brim. Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, places where we have containers that customers want delivered and there's nowhere to put the material. So yep. it's just sitting in container yards, yep. which is previously the issue that we were having was, you know, a year ago, we had containers sitting in yards just because we couldn't get it delivered from the trucking standpoint. Right. So now it's kind of flipped around to you can't, everyone has it and we just can't get it. Yeah, you can find a truck to deliver it, but the customer now doesn't yep. want it. So you got the opposite opposite problem. Yep. Well, some some positive signs, obviously, I think kind of mirrors what we're seeing a little bit with, with things being a little bit slow in Q3 and may remain through Q4 with people bringing down inventories for the end of the year and things like that. So it um, seems like that may be a trend here for the for the next few months, barring any other drastic, you know, we obviously haven't seen any hurricanes yet, which hasn't impacted freight and availability down in that region. Um, obviously, coming into winter months up in New England, so that'll impact freight as it does every year. So Yeah, and that, that will all, you know, impact inventory levels too yep. if you think about if all the warehouses are stuffed full and that in like houston and then you get a hurricane in then it's really not great from that standpoint either. right but right especially there's any potential damage of those warehouses and yep. then you, you got more more than normal inventory there that could be affected all these trickle down effects you don't you don't think of off the bat yep um obviously we're without your counterpart joe today um i think i guess our first first solo it is discussion it is. first solo discussion beautiful well um, we'll certainly catch up with Joe here in the next couple months. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll kind of mirror a lot of what we're saying with things being a bit slower, availability improving and whatnot. Um, so some good signs, some, some maybe not so good signs, but uh, we'll keep an eye on things for Q4. And as always, appreciate the update on what you're seeing on you know the trucking industry and, and that quick update on the rail non-strike, I guess, which is good news. Um, so, you know, as always, thanks for taking some time and, and appreciate the update. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jamie. All right. Moving on to, uh, Price updates and trends. I know we are right in the middle of the month, which is good timing for a, a podcast. Usually we start to kind of get a hint on what's going on for pricing coming into October. Um, I know coming in early September, things were pretty much flat to down across the board. You know, methanol is down a bit, Adipix down a bit, you know, plasticizers have largely trended flat to down. Um, any uh, any thoughts or hints on what might be happening here in the U.S. for October pricing yet? Have we started to hear anything exciting? Still that same trend, you know, flat, flat, down, flat to down, you yep. know. Um, I don't. I think there's resistance on the producers' parts to 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 drop too much, especially in light of uh, you know uh, um, a floor and a, a little bit of an increase on propylene type products. Um, you know, uh, we've also seen you know some issues with production, specifically uh, TEG triethylene glycol. Um, 
very tight right now coming into the winter season. It's used in a lot of, uh, you know, winter, uh, winter applications. Um, you know, as far as, you know, methanol, it's, you know, methanol, the olefins in China is a massive uh, consumption and it's pretty much idle right now. Uh, so that's, you know, multi-millions of tons uh, demand off the market. Oxo-alcohols, um, propylene being the driver, you know, it, it, we're up to in August and it's Trend, trending up. Trending up, you know, for yeah, it's trending up. So I think we've <clears throat> maybe hit the floor, but the demand is is absolutely horrible in, in Asia and, um, and, and also not so great in, in Europe. So uh, U.S. has got pretty you know, stable demand, but, um, the types of products that this goes into is, is slowed, but yep. you're also seeing people shut plants or, uh, decrease production by as much as 50% and more. Um, you know, benzene values, they've come down, but they've sort of stopped coming down. Um, you know, th- methanol going back to that. I mean, you know, you 850 per MMBTU gas, you're looking at close to a dollar a gallon cash costs and we're close to that now as well so you know so it's really painful for producers i think at this point you know because there's this squeeze um so that's why you're not seeing these massive drops um but then again we saw this tidal wave of offers from other asia not necessarily china but mm-hmm. as you know javi mentioned and and we're seeing just very aggressive korea taiwan uh india offers this just goes to show how slow it is there and yep. they're looking they're seeking markets so it's sort of a balance here of uh trends towards flat to down yep. i'd say yep yeah i know javi we're looking at some products especially from asia this week you know certainly seeing some lower pricing obviously on things that are eight weeks out versus yes some domestic inventory and having yeah. high priced inventories so. yeah but probably in eight weeks out there will be a correction in the, the for the domestic so probably at the moment that it arrives will probably be on par yeah that might happen yeah right yeah, so it seems like that sort of projection. And it's going to arrive for December, which we're already saying is going to be a dog because, you know, people are going to correct inventories coming mm-hmm. into December and, and sort of refresh for next year. So yep. there's not really, you know, no wonder they're trying so hard with uh, with dabbling these these low, low prices. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good uh, good transition, I think, into the kind of seasonality of some of, the, some of our core products. You know, methanol obviously being a big product and expecting to see some of the glycol starting to starting to pick up um hopefully have our our product manager for both the methanol and the glycols on a uh, episode here soon to talk more about our position i know aj you've obviously closely followed the glycols market historically um but you know a couple of big products that we're coming into the peak demand season for so things that we're we're happy to talk about yep yep yeah can't speak to glycols real well i've been out of it for a few months now <laughs> yep. but uh yeah it's definitely something that we have a good position on and are ready to supply for the seasonal demand yeah, starting to pick up now. I think we've had a couple inquiries over the last week or two, especially on the methanol side of things. So obviously something we're happy to talk about um, coming into uh, coming into the cold months, unfortunately. Yeah, I just heard that methanol might be one of our bigger volume products this month. So it's, you know, certainly uh, picked up considerably, you know, seasonality-wise, uh, even in September. Yep. People aren't even using windshield wash fluid yet. I know. <laughs> it's a, Yeah, they're building inventory. They're expecting... Uh, a lot of snow for the skiers this year and snowboarders. So, yeah, I haven't read much about the winter. Is it supposed to be a bad winter? You guys have any idea? 
They did, they really blew it on the hurricane yeah. <laughs> forecast. Yeah. So right? let's not right. Right. let's not worry much about the forecast then. Uh, Based on the last few winters, it's going to be warm, yeah. and then it's oh. going to be a long cold spring. I hope not. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> but do you like the cold? I do. I, I, I obviously. I'm like, no. I I we live in New England for a reason, right? The four seasons. You can't beat it. Yeah, you, you can't know? beat it. Um. Hoppy's gonna be our uh, big trade show representative here for the next couple couple months. Yes. What's uh, what's coming up on the trade show front here? Trade show we have EPCA coming up in Berlin. Uh, uh, Ray Altenberger and Steve Freewell will be there representing us. Uh, after that, uh, seems, seems like it'll be an interesting EPCA. Maybe a little bit quieter than historical years with what yeah, you guys have seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be quieter. Maybe um, a little depressing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were talks of canceling at one point, right? Because of the energy costs. Yes, there yeah. was a rumor of canceling at, at one point, but it's happening. It's happening. We'll, we'll be there. We see. You see a lot of like our European contacts there, but we don't see. I mean, we're usually full, not only with European contacts, but our contacts from Asia, our contacts from Latin America, and some U.S. None of that, really. No. Right? I mean, yep. it's just Europe. Yeah. So it's a, it has become a regional. Very much so. Not much of an international one as they used to be. Right. Seems, like, seems that way at least. It seems similar with AFPM this year. Like it was less international attendance, right? Yeah. That seemed more regional than in the yeah. past years. That is true. But I thought that, that was due to some travel restrictions as well, right? There, yeah. there was still a lot of that still, that was taken still. into consideration. So I'm curious this upcoming March, how we that were, might shift. We were talking the other day about like the 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 shows are like depending on how robust the industry is. It's amazing, like, you know, when things are really good, like last year, AFPM in the U.S., things were really good. Tons of people, you know, from USA, because there was the restrictions on European and Asia travel. But even before COVID and all the, you know, last few years, the 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 changes, but you'd see when the industry was really good, you'd see double the amount of people at AFPM, EPCA, uh, APIC, uh, APLA. And then when things go down like they are now, you see a, a major shift to lower yeah. numbers of people. So, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if EPCA saw uh, lower. But this is really when things are tough that you need to be there. I was going to say, you almost get more value out of being there when things are you know, slower to right. build new relationships and have stuff picked back up. Mm -hmm. And then following that will be the K-Show in Dusseldorf, Germany. That'll be later in October, second half of October. I'll be walking the show with Steve Friedwell. Uh, so looking forward to that. I uh, have a, a lot of meetings lined up already with all suppliers and customers and cleaners and good beer, uh, mm. good German beer. So I'm surprised you saved that for last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say it. You know, I got to say it. I got to say it. And then, and then the APLA. And APLA seems also very regional. This time, this time around, very regional and low attendance. It seems like I've seen the list, and they're extending the early bird registration. Really? Yeah. Usually, the, the early bird was in July. Early bird still, still the early bird still now. Do, mm -hmm. Well, so do you think that's gonna change, and people are waiting to see how that attendance builds up before registering? I think so. I think so. Some people register late, but but but. For the early, early, early bear restriction to still, to be, still going, be going, going on, yeah. they must be desperate. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that, 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 that gives you a hint. What is it? What is the cost of register? Do you know? Uh, eleven hundred bucks. That's the early bird. The early bird. You know how much it is normally? Uh, fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred. So yeah, you 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 do some savings. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder if people will wait to register. Like they'll pay the extra three hundred dollars and wait to see if it's gonna be good or not. Like if yeah. it's good, they'll pay it. If not, they just won't. Yeah. Pay. So yeah, be interesting to see how that shapes up. Yeah, and then well, after that, we have the Plastic Compounder, Compounders Conference in Washington D.C. Registration is available right now. We have a good contingency of of TCC. Uh, our our experts at uh, Flexi or PVC <laughs> will be there. Yep. Yeah, it was a good show. I that know. was a good show. And good lo- they picked good locations. Yeah, like DC in December this year is, is not one of the more exciting ones. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> usually it's pretty good. The, the value to doing that is there's a lot of speakers that can have come from yeah. DC, that, you know, people from different industry groups and things like that. I think we have someone coming from an automotive industry group. And then we had someone come last year who's coming again from a uh, like housing housing group talking about what's going on with new housing and developments and things like that, which obviously are core end uses for a lot of our products. So mm-hmm. it's always interesting going and hearing what they have to say. So DC in December might not be the most fun location, but it's great for having people come and yeah. it's easy to so have should be a good, and things should like be, that. Should be a good show. Yeah, it definitely should be. What's on me? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Nicole's fast on, on Planet 2023. So I guess at some point we'll start talking about that here soon. Yeah, it's crazy to think about how close that is in the pipeline. It seems so far out, but, yep. you know. We're... You're, already, you're already planning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Nicole <laughs> asked us yesterday what our plans were for arriving to a show in June. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm I, doing next week. <laughs> I, th- I think I freaked them out. They were like, well, wait, when is it? And I was like, June 2023. And they're like, wait. They, they all kind of burst out laughing, and I was like, "Oh, sorry, I'm just used to." I thought it was like planning. November of next year. I like screwed something up. It's like, no. uh, so, but we, I mean, we need some of that. We need someone looking that far ahead. You yep. know? I do my best. I do my best. Take advantage uh, of the early bird <laughs> registration. We get the, the early early bird, <laughs> early bird, the blue plate special, ba- basically free. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. Lots of kind of wrap our head around. I think we're seeing a lot of different things happening in different regions between Europe and Asia and the U.S., um, Latin America. be interesting to hear from like K-Show and yeah. Apple and things like Never that. Never a dull moment. Happening. Never a dull moment. That's fun. Make it fun. It's really interesting yep. what we do. Yep. It's probably interesting to go back to like, so obviously we've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now, which is crazy to think. And there's always a lot going on. It's always like different things. So mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this time last year, I'm sure there were four other big catastrophes going on that were yeah. impacting a lot of stuff. So it's interesting. There's, there's always stuff going on. Just a matter of figuring out the equation on what that means for business. Any uh, any wise words to wrap things up? Any final thoughts? You looking at me? I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't cut your travel budget. You know, right now this is uh, you know, this is a trend that I'm also seeing. Don't mm. cut, you know, your sales. You know, really, I've been leaning on you guys a lot lately, saying this is a very important time to get on the road. Uh, it's been a couple of years since many of us have seen each other. Tremendous turnover in the industry. Uh, it's not a good time to to look at um, expenses like travel and, you know, um, sales expenses and, and start nickel and diming. Uh, it's time to get back to work. And, uh, you know, as I say, we're pitching, we're not catching anymore. So, uh, I, you know, I just have been discouraged to hear from, uh, competitors or customers or suppliers that we're not going to be able to attend that show or meet or go here or there because, you know, the smart people in charge have decided to cut budgets. So, um, I think that's, you know, that's all I got, Ben, if you know, that, that would be my recommendation. Yeah. It was amazing how 
important that in-person stuff is we had a couple suppliers come in last week and had lunch and meetings you just mm. get so much out of that that meeting we actually had a guy stop in the office out of the blue yesterday did you hear do you hear about that guy, no. that guy that came in just just walked in the front door wanted to talk to someone about buying xyz products from us just good out of the good blue man i'm proud <laughs> of him that would get his number you know i mean that's the that's what we have to do i mean you know we have we just went through a very uh crazy period and now it's time to get back to you know ingenuity and and entrepreneurship and yeah. you know and and you know just you know make this business as strong as it can be you know yeah just something little like that he drove a half hour down here you know said hello we talked for 10 minutes but you put a name to a face you kind of have that beginning to a relationship versus someone that called in it was it was sort of a cool thing super and- important I think it's one of the first times I've ever heard of somebody showing up trying to buy something. It's usually yeah. people show up trying to sell stuff <laughs> that this guy was trying to buy. We need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that sort of sort of wraps things up. Um, I said like there's not a whole lot going on. Obviously there is a whole lot going on, but I think lots of lots to keep in mind, lots to wrap your head around with, with the different things that are going on. Hopefully this info is all helpful and helps lead to some decisions for planning in a Q4. Um, so looking forward to hearing about some of these trade shows coming up between K-Show and things like that going on and see how Q4 shapes up and go from there. Sounds like a plan. Well, as always, appreciate your guys' time. Good uh, good talking to you all. I know we all sit 50 feet apart from each other, but we always learn a lot, I think, sitting down and, and, and talking to each other like this. So good episode. I think a lot of, a lot of important stuff going on here. Um, you know, as always, appreciate you listening, whether you're on the video version or streaming the audio, wherever you get your podcast. Um, you know, as always, there's obviously show notes down below with links and outlines on things we were talking about here. I know our team with the uh, Kettle Bottom Creative does a great job clipping up different episodes and clips to the podcast. So hopefully some good sound bites will come out of this. So as always, appreciate you listening and we'll uh, catch you on the next episode. Thank you, Thank Ben. You. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you. Ben. Thanks, guys.